Good morning, church. This is my first time doing a sermon, so I hope it's pleasing and acceptable to God. I prayed about that this morning, and I hope it's something that can guide us along our daily lives as Christians. Um, as you might see behind me, you see Marvin the Martian. On the bulletin, you might have seen it says the title of the scripture or the sermon is Marvin the Martian, Who is He to You? And you probably have a lot of questions about why I chose Marva the Martian as the topic for that. So I'm going to do my best within this sermon to try to answer those questions. And by the end, hopefully this could be something that's uplifting to you and something that can be a, a challenge and guide to us through our lives here. So first, the first question some of you might have, if you don't know me, is who am I? So my name is Jonathan Eddy. My family moved here in 2007, and we've been members at the church, of he, the church here since then. Um, my involvement with the church here, I began helping my mom teach Bible classes in second and third grade. That was while I was in college. And then eventually I started teaching the fourth and fifth grade class on my own. And then for five years, I was the coordinator for the fourth and fifth grade class. And now I am teaching adult classes. I was a te- I was, I've taught the class out in the... Uh, I can't think of the name of the room, the lobby, the foyer area, where all the tables are. I taught in there, and now I'm teaching in the auditorium, finishing up this quarter, and today I'm preaching to you. Um, Outside of the church, uh, speaking for me and who I am as myself, um, I'm a graduate of Harding University. I graduated in 2010 with a degree in early childhood education. I'm a teacher. I've been teaching since 2012. Right now I teach at Riverside Elementary School, but there was also one year where I taught at North Haven Elementary School. And I've worked in summer camp. I've been a summer camp counselor and director from 2003 to 2019 with a few years off in there. That kind of gives you some background into who I am because that's going to help guide what I'm going to be talking about today. So that's who I am, but who is he? Marvin the Martian, if you don't know, I'm sure many of you do, but if you don't, he is a Looney Tunes character. He was created by Chuck Jones. And the Looney Tunes, we've seen them on TV for so many years, but they began as shorts you would watch before a movie. Like we go to the movies now and we see trailers telling us about movies that are coming up that theaters or that uh, companies want us to go and watch. But these little shorts they used to make, because they would have shorts, there would be newsreels. Going to the theater was a big experience. It's kind of like when you watch TV now. There were all these little things you would see before you'd watch your, your feature presentation. And the Looney Tunes were what Warner Brothers produced. Marvin the Martian was one of those characters. Of course, he is a Martian. Um, he appeared in Hair Devil Hair, Hasty Hair, Hairway to the Stars, Mad as a Mars Hair, and Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century. You can tell from those titles he spent a lot of time dealing with Bugs Bunny and also one time with uh, Daffy Duck. He is a Martian, and you can tell by his garb he kind of looks like a Roman soldier. He has the helmet, he's got the metal skirt, and that's because uh, in Rome they, we thought of the planets and, the, and they re- related them to the Greek gods, and Rome was the god of war, or Mars was the god of war, and so he's dressed like a Roman soldier ready for war. That's kind of about his getup. And he was voiced by Mel Blanc, and a lot of you who are my age or older, we know who Mel Blanc is. He is like the man of a thousand voices. He did so many great voices for the Looney Tunes characters. So that's who he is. So now your question is, so what? What's so important about him? So I'm going to try to tell you why he is important to me. To talk about that, we're going to have to talk about the 90s. I was born in 1986, but most of my growing up years happened in the 1990s. And those of us who were 
older at that time, we saw Looney Tunes everywhere. They weren't just on TV. They were a huge part of pop culture. They were on T-shirts. They were on the commercials. We saw them in advertisements. Looney Tunes was cool. And you might look at them up here and might not think, well, that doesn't look too cool to me. But referencing the image on the right where you have Bugs Bunny and Taz wearing the backwards jeans and the backwards shirts, those of us who remember, there was a group called Criss Cross. They were two young boys who were rappers. And one of their, their gimmick was they would wear their clothes backwards because it was crisscrossed. So it was really cool to see Bugs and Taz dressing like pop culture icons at the time. And even the other shirt even says, so cool with three O's because that's how cool they were. And if you don't believe that they were that cool, you, there was a movie that came out in the mid-90s that showed how cool they were, Space Jam. They were with Michael Jordan, and they helped, and Michael Jordan helped save their world from the Monstars. And that movie has had such a lasting um, appeal to us as a society that a sequel came out all these years later with LeBron James. So Looney Tunes were very cool in the 90s. They were a very big part of society and culture. So where was I in the 90s? I spent a lot of my time in my early to almost my teenage years in that building. That is the Limburg Road Church of Christ in Anderson, Indiana. That's where I went to church. It's also where I went to school. And that building was Anderson Christian School. I went there from preschool all the way to fifth grade. We've, it was, uh, we even had a jingle on the radio. It was Anderson Christian School. It's where I want to be. It was kind of a big deal to go to that school. We all felt special going there. We were the Anderson Christian soldiers. So I loved being in that building. But I wasn't just there for church, and I wasn't just there for school. I was also there in the summer. My mom was the child care director at Anderson Christian School, and part of that program was also running the summer daycare program. And since my mom was running the summer daycare program, it makes sense that I was there for summer daycare. So I spent a lot of time there, especially in the summer. But my mom didn't work there by herself. She was really good at not just uh, putting together a good program, but hiring great staff. She surrounded herself with people who did a great job of influencing the kids that came to these programs. And uh, two of those people in particular I'm going to talk about right now. That is a picture of myself. I'm the one in the middle, if you can't tell with two uh, men named Clint and Chad. Now, that's not a picture taken with a camera. That's a picture drawn with crayons. I wish I could tell you that this was a picture that I drew back when I was a kid. This is actually a picture that I drew last week, but I wanted to give you, <laughs> I wanted to give you that impression because I tried, to, as I drew this, I wanted to draw it the way that they looked to me. And you can see me, I'm wearing my Michael Jordan Bulls 45 jersey. That was the year Michael Jordan came back from retirement and 23 was retired, so he wore the 45. And you see on the side, Clint and Chad. Clint and Chad were brothers, Clint and Chad Soden. They didn't just work at the summer daycare. They were also members of the church. And so I knew them pretty well. And they were very special. And for the longest time, I thought they were just special to me because they had an ability to make a relationship with you. They made you feel like you were the only person in the room when they talked to you. They made you feel like you were their little brother. They made you feel like you belonged. They made you feel cool, like the Looney Tunes were cool. So knowing Clinton Chad, 
I felt special to know them. And growing up, I realized it wasn't just me who had that effect. It was every kid that was there. They made every kid feel like that. They made us feel special. Now, in the drawing, there's something else I want to point out, and that's Chad's shirt. It might be hard to tell because, you know, it's crayon. It's hard to get too detailed with that size. But I tried to put on his shirt a Tweety Bird. Chad loved Looney Tunes. This was a 20-year-old guy with a mohawk and a soul patch who most of the time wore a backwards hat with the bang sticking out. This really cool guy loved Looney Tunes. And he didn't just wear shirts. He also had a pewter Tweety Bird necklace that he wore all the time. And that's something that me, as a kid in this program, that had this relationship with him, that had this connection with him, I noticed it. I noticed it because he was special to me, and I wanted to know the things that were special to him. I loved knowing the things about them. And I'm sure if you think about your childhood and the people that were important to you, you probably loved knowing about the things that were important to those people because they were big, uh, in, um, big people in your life. They were important to you. And so I asked Chad if I could get a necklace too. And so he got one for me. Mine was Marvin the Martian. And I wore that necklace everywhere. I wore it so much that it broke. It broke the arm off because it was pewter. Pewter breaks. But he had saved the receipt. And so we went and got another one. And I still have this necklace. I don't wear it anymore. I probably haven't worn it since I got out of elementary school. But once I started driving, this necklace made its way into my car. Those of you who have been in my car, or at least have walked around my car, you might have noticed something hanging from my rearview mirror. That Marvin the Martian necklace dangles underneath my rearview mirror. Marvin the Martian is important to me because, not because he's a cartoon character that I liked, but it's a reminder of Clinton Chad and the impact they had on me, the way they made me feel. When I see that necklace hanging from my rearview mirror, I think about the impact they had on my life daily. Well, and that's important to me because if you think about what I told you my job was and how I've spent um, my working years, I work with kids. I'm a teacher. I was a summer camp director. I was a summer camp counselor. I made the choice every morning to have that hanging in my mirror so I could look at that before I go in and I can think about the impact that I have a chance to have. I have an opportunity to have an impact on these kids. That really makes you pause and think about every single interaction you're going to make. It makes you think about every thought you're going to have, about every offhand remark or how you react to things that children do. Because children don't always react the way you want them to react. They don't always come in from the best life coming into school or coming to camp. There's things going on in their life. They don't come in bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to do what you want to do. And so seeing that made me think, Clinton Chad, I never thought about them being angry or upset or snapping. They always were there and they were kind. And they made me feel cool. They made me feel special, and they made me feel like I belonged. And growing up, I got more than just that necklace. I got a hat. I have this hat with me, so you can tell I didn't just Google image this to tell you a fib. This is really my hat. A lot of you maybe have seen me wear this hat. I wear this hat when I'm at school, so a lot of times kids like to have hat days. And on this hat, there's a picture of Marvin the Martian. Yes, there's the little trendy slogan, haters going to hate, but that's not why I wear it. I wear it because the Marvin the Martian is there. Whenever I put that hat on, 
it's a reminder to me of how Clinton Chad made me feel as a kid and how I want kids to feel walking away from their time with me. I didn't just have a hat. When I think I was maybe 8, 9, or 10, we went to Shipshawana, and there were all the flea markets at Shipshawana. And while we were there, there was a Marvin the Martian crazy straw. I still have this. I don't use it anymore. I would like to. I mean, crazy straws are fun. They're crazy. But I still have this. I keep this. It's in my drawer in my apartment with utensils because every time I pull it out, I see it. And it's a reminder of Clinton Chad, how they made me feel, the impact they had on my life. So who is Marvin the Martian to me? He's a reminder of Clinton Chad. And so that's a nice story, you might be thinking, you know, but how does that relate to us as Christians? The apostles were left with a great commission by Jesus. Let's go ahead and turn to Matthew 28, and we'll read verses 19 and 20. I have my Bible. I'm going to turn there. I know I have it up there for you for convenience, but if you have your Bible, I encourage you to turn there as well because I think it's really important to make the Scripture your own. It's important to have that connection with it, to look at it, and to put it into your heart. So I'm going to turn there. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. I'll give you a second to turn there. So this is after Jesus has risen. And Timothy, you did a great job with the Lord's Supper. You talked about the things going through Jesus' mind and the actions he had going up to his death. This is after that, after he was buried and after he has risen from the dead and after he's had a lot of interactions with the Christians and the apostles in this area. And he's about to ascend into heaven. But before he goes, he has a final thing that's written down for us that he is saying to them. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the apostles were given a job. They were given a task to spread the gospel, to spread the good news, to share the message of salvation available to us for those who choose to take it on within the waters of baptism. They had that task, but I don't think that task falls to them alone. I think that task also falls to us because in my Bible class, which was also mentioned today, we've been reading through first and second Peter. So I'm going to turn to first Peter. We're going to look at chapter two, verse nine. And again, I'm going to encourage you to turn there also in your own Bibles and I'll wait for you to get there. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, Peter says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So we have an obligation. We have a task to declare the praises of him, of God. We are a priesthood, a holy nation. We should be guiding people to Christ too. That wasn't just a job given to the apostles. That's also us, all of us who choose to walk in this life that we have as Christians. In a sense, we're kind of called to point people to Christ. So how can we do that? 
We're going to stay in 1 Peter chapter 2, but we're going to jump down a couple of verses to verse 12. This is Peter's encouragement. To give some background on this section, this is a time of great persecution in the church. Rome was set ablaze. Nero was the emperor, and the blame from Nero came upon the Christians. And so people were out to get them. They were being tortured, killed, lots of terrible stories of things happening to them. And in this time, Peter is reminding them of their purpose. And in verse 12, he says, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So how can I point people to Christ? Just in my daily life, I can do that. My daily life should point people to Christ. I know I'm kind of popping on the microphone. I'm sorry about that. Um, The way I live, the way I interact, the way that I am with not just the world, but with you as my fellow Christians, there should be a reflection of Christ. There should be a pointing to him, and there should be an example of that salvation that I have a part of that you should be wanting to inquire about and have a part of. My life should point to Christ. So how else can we do that? How can we have that in our life? How can we have our life be such a good life among the pagans? Well, in 1 John, we get some more um, information on that. So I'm going to ask you to turn to 1 John chapter 4. We'll be in verses 7 through 12. Again, this is 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. In this, John's writing, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his Son and He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So right there in the message from John, John is talking about the importance of love and the example of love. The greatest example of love is Jesus, who came to die for us to give us that salvation, that connection, that pathway to the Father. We wouldn't have that without that love. And then John goes further and says, since God so loved us, we also ought to love our love that we have for each other as a body, as a church, our love that we should have for our fellow human beings should be an example among the pagans that they may glorify God. And then we have another scripture we're going to look at. We're going to go all the way back to the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 35. This was something that Goose actually mentioned last week as well, and I loved when I saw that pop up in Goose's sermon, and I talked to him afterwards because I was telling him how cool it is to see the way the Spirit works and the way people can have similar thoughts at similar times and the way they connect together. I thought it was just really cool. So please go ahead and turn there to John chapter 13. 
So John chapter 13, verse 35. Actually, I'm going to add another verse onto that, and I should have put that on the slide, and I apologize. Let's start with verse 34, and then we'll do 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my, my disciples if you love one another. So Jesus even tells us right there, how can people know who we are? How can people know whose we are? By our love for each other. Our love will make us stand out, and our love will point to Christ, and our love will give people the opportunity to take part in that salvation through the love we have in our lives. So... Connecting back to Marvin the Martian. When I look at Marvin the Martian, I see Clinton Chad. I see the impact he had on my, they had on my life. But what about when you see me? What do you think? When I think of Clinton Chad and Marvin the Martian, I think about that impact. What impact am I having on you? Do you see my love? Do I point you back to Christ? What about the people I interact with daily through in the world and my job as a teacher when I'm at the grocery store, when my order's wrong at a restaurant, when I'm at a red light that's taking too long, when I get cut off and people are watching my reactions through a window? Do they see Christ? Am I pointing them that way? It's just a question for me to think about. And that's not a question um, I can honestly answer because that's the answer you have for me. I hope and I pray that the answer is I point you to Christ. But if not, that's something that I need to work on. And that's not just something I think that would be for me. I think that's something for all of us because the question's not just who am I to you, but who are we to the world? Who are we to others? Because we're the church. We're the priesthood. We're the ones trying to live good lives among the pagans so that others may glorify God. Do our lives point people to Christ? How do people feel when they are with us? Do we make them feel like they are loved? Do we make them feel like we are loved by God? And are we sharing that love of God to others? And that's kind of my challenge for us as a church, my challenge for me, myself, because we talked about in my Bible class this morning, Peter was taking the time to remind people and how we need to be reminded of things. So this is my reminder for myself, and I hope that it also is something good for you, that we need to be reminded that people watch us, and our lives should point people to Christ. If you're not a Christian, if this is a life that you'd want to be a part of, if someone then your life has pointed you to Christ, and that's why you're here in this building, if you're not a Christian yet, though, um, this is going to be the time that we're going to invite you to come forward. You're going to have the opportunity to either say, hey, I've read, I've studied, I'm prepared, and I want to take on the waters of baptism and accept Christ as my Lord. Maybe you're not ready for that part yet. Maybe you're think, hearing some of this stuff for the first time. You're like, I want to know more about this. I want to have the opportunity to study, and I would like someone to study with, and I don't know where to start. Like the Ethiopian eunuch talking to Philip. 
He knew he had the scriptures, but he didn't know he needed someone to guide him. If you need that, this is your chance to come forward to us. We have our elders here. Uh, they're going to come. They're going to come forward in a second when we sing, and you can come forward and ask for that. Ask for that help, that guidance, or for that opportunity to be baptized. I encourage you to do so if you're feeling that at all today.